listening to a message from Park Springs Bible Church, located in Arlington, Texas, where we discover life in the power of God's grace and share His life-changing grace with others. Join us as we hear from the Word. Well, good morning. Um, I'll refrain from calling you the basket or the basket cases. Uh, but nonetheless, that, that video sets up, I think, for us a really solid foundation for, for really what, what we're talking about. Because I know that many of us have had journeys, if not all of us, have had journeys with the church, and some have been positive. You've met people that you felt loved by, seen, and cared for. But I would say for many of us, we've also met um, some of what we would consider the bag eggs in the church basket, those places where it just felt a bit abrasive and difficult, and there's been hurts and offenses along the way. And, and one of the things that I think the Lord continues to do in, in my life, but I think just corporately together, is to expand our vision for the work of Christ in each other's lives. I think we have an amazing window that the Lord has given us to his sovereign, gracious work, and sometimes we're able to identify that in our own lives. But let me suggest to you this morning that often we're able to begin to internalize the gracious, compassionate work of God as we watch him work in others. There's something unique about just the offerings of what Christ gives us through his word and through the people of God that, that expands our view of God himself. And, and so as we think about our mission statement, the heartbeat of Park Springs Bible Church, last week we wanted to communicate to you our, our why, why we do what we do. We said that we're desiring to discover life in the power of God's grace meaning that life is found in Jesus Christ. As we discover more deeply the work of Jesus in our lives, we're able to see more fully the character and the nature of God. And so all the things that he's doing and changing and growing in us are, are just more evidence of his pursuit and compassion over our lives. That there's just a growing sense that our faith is expanding and that he's, he's worthy to be trusted in the most difficult moments and worthy to be praised in the best moments. This week, I wanted to highlight the second part of our mission statement, which is sharing his life-changing grace with others. And I wanted to do it through the lenses of Psalm 71. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them. If you have it on your phone, feel free to pull it up. But Psalm 71 is a psalm, and it's, it's written, I think it's, it's written in two parts. And, and what it does for us, I think, is really highlight the reality and the compelling nature of understanding and remembering the work of God in our lives. You have a story. There's something or some things have happened in your life. And it might even be happening now, but as you look back and begin to recollect on the things that have gone through in all the years that you've lived, you and I would be able to pick out moments where you would say, had not God intervened, things would be totally different. Would not be where I am today. I'm likely, I mean, I have stories in my testimony where 
there are numerous reasons, and my wife chuckles now, but that, that I, I really literally, literally shouldn't even be alive. Like it was just risky decisions and things that happened on the course of my life where you're just like, how did this even take place? And yet in God's mercy and his timing and his grace, he saw fit to, to protect me in ways that I didn't even know I needed protecting. There's stories of God's miraculous love for his people. And we would look back on the traumatic moments of our lives as well, and we would say, yeah, those, those wounds maybe are still fresh or maybe a bit scarred over, but I, I remember feeling what it felt like to feel alone, desperate, and isolated. And yet, as I look back now, I realize that, yes, I felt alone, desperate, and isolated. But in some way, the preserving peace of Jesus Christ was with me along the way. I might not have felt it, and at times I might not have even seen it, but there were nudges. There were things that God used and just moments of the Holy Spirit that allowed me a place to just rest. Nights I thought that I would never fall asleep, I did. Moments where I didn't think that I would wake up the next morning, and yet I did. There was breath in my lungs. There was life that the Lord had given me, that it was a gift And maybe even now, there's moments where it's hard to even see that God is working. Maybe the circumstances are so great and so difficult, it's hard to even know or even have the faith to trust that God is going to be sufficient in these moments. I want to suggest to you this morning that as we look through Psalm 71, it's 24 verses. I think it breaks up in two parts. But I think it's going to be critical for us to hear and understand the reality of just getting our gaze on God and knowing that not only is he doing a work in your life, but that work is worth telling others about. When I think about sharing his life-changing grace with others, often we think about that missionally. We're saying to ourselves, there's a world that's lost. We have missions partners and Taiwan and India and places all over the world. And yes, that's where we share. We we communicate the the mission of Jesus Christ and his passion for lost people with the world. Absolutely, that's 100% true. But it's also true that your story is worthy to be told amongst other people. I don't know if you've ever met a person, and I think sometimes I've fallen into this category, but have you ever met someone that's just always had like there's a a monumental moment in their life and it's like that's all they ever want to talk about you know like it's just on the tip of their tongue and they're just waiting for an avenue to tell you about something amazing that they've done it it happened to me and I I catch myself sometimes and now I'm going to do it for you right now just so that you know what it's like but there's in conversations with people and somebody's like oh yeah I went for a, a run the other day and I was like oh yeah I did an Ironman you know like you're just right on the cusp of just wanting to tell people what you've done because you think it's like, and 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 that's what it's like there's just those moments where you're saying oh yeah I, I just want to I have this thing that I want people to know I want at the end of this message that to be the work of Jesus Christ in your life that's on the tip of your tongue that you are looking and searching for opportunities to just tell people about how God has done amazing works in your life. Those things where you're just looking for avenues where someone says, hey man, I, man, I had a really tough day. And you're like, I had a tough day too, but let me tell you, this is what Jesus did. Like I remember what it was like when things were so hard and yet there, were, there was a community of faith and I go to church and God has done things through God's people. Or let me tell you a story about someone else I saw who went through something that you went through and this is what God did in their life. And let me just tell you more about, I, I believe and I'm so confident that that's what the, the Bible compels us towards. 
to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus Christ all the time. There is no more worthy thing to communicate than the story that God is writing in your life. Let's look at Psalm 71 together. And let me just read the first um, uh, few verses. We'll jump 1 through 14 is the first section. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible in front of you. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Never let me be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock and a refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel men, for you, O Lord, are my hope. My trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have learned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as important to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and your, your glory all the day. Do not cast me off. In the time of my old age, forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me, O my God. Make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually, and I will praise you yet more and more. Author of the psalm, David, is just talking so consistently about a reality of his current situation that he finds himself in. And you get the sense of what he's talking about. He's kind of towards the ending season of his life. He's in an older age, and he finds himself feeling less valuable less significant. His, his voice matters less. He has less strength. He's less significant, less important. And he looks back on his life and he feels like his weakness is going to be the reason that his enemies are going to win. He's going to feel like somehow in some way towards the tail end of his faith in God that all he'll be known for and seen as is that which was weak. And yet, as he walks through these 14 verses that you can just hear coming from the depths of his heart, what is he communicating? Since my youth, you have been good. He's looking back on the story that God has written, and what's he being reminded of? God has consistently been with him every step of the way. Not in just the moments of success, but in the utter places of fear, and the worries of failure, and the uncertainties and darkness that just consumed him. You can just imagine when David was in the cave worried about Saul coming and killing him. All of these things are all consuming in those moments, and he's not looking back on his life and being like, man, did I make a mess of it then, and just living in this shame. He's saying, God was at work even in my worst moments and in the world's darkest moments. What I'd like to suggest to you in those 14 verses is that I think one of the compelling things that we are encouraged to consider is to know your story, to 
to come to the knowledge and the reality, to look back on your life and find yourself being reminded of the God moments, that God has had his hand on your life. And even now, as you sit here this morning and have braved 13 degree weather, right? Like you're a hearty bunch. As you come in and realize you're coming in as an individual who God deeply loves and is writing a story in your life that's worthy to be told. That the value of God deeming you as his child through faith in Jesus Christ and the story that God is unique, it's different than mine. That there are things and ways in which God has touched you from, from very beginning. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home and God has preserved you and given you the opportunity to be discipled and loved and shown the value of serving and loving Jesus Christ with your whole life. Maybe others of you like me did not grow up in a Christian home and you look back and you're like, man, there were so many things that could have gone so differently. And yet you saw fit to bring this one person in my life to invite me to an understanding of faith in Jesus Christ. And I came to faith. It was all an act of God's mercy, but knowing your story gives you an indication of realizing that you can see where God has been at work. I know in my own life, I'm, I tend to be a forgetful person. I tend to sacrifice the eternal work of God on the altar of the urgent. Right? Our, our lives are living at breakneck speed. There's always something more to do. There's always more things that have to be done. There's more mental and emotional and spiritual and we have to exhaust for the things that are before us. But what if you and I took a pause for a second and just thought in the matter of just a few minutes what God has done to bring us to where we're at now? Imagine the faith that would begin to grow. Part of my faith grows as I watch the work of God in your life as well. I mean, I can read God's story and work in David's life and hear how he had just had all of these angst and uncertainty and worries that somehow in some way his enemies would win. And yet he's pleading to God and saying, God, I'm going to praise you continually. And I, I look at his life. I read stories in the Bible of God's faithfulness to people who were unfaithful to him and his consistent pursuit of them in their lives all the time. But, but I also look at your lives and, and the, the bits that I know and those places where you're hanging on by a fingernail to believe that God is going to turn things around encourages the faith of others. The guy was right. The church is God's plan A. And yet I think so often we're so worried and concerned about sharing our story. It could be because we're not sure of it. We haven't looked back and reminded ourselves of the places where God has done amazing things. But I think sometimes it's also scary to be vulnerable. To say, yeah, this was not a highlight. This wasn't a banner decision that I made, but here's how God used it. This is where fear took over my life, and I wasn't sure that I would ever come out of that spiral of wondering if anything was ever going to change. And yet, I look back now, and God was, God was consistent. He was wooing me. I didn't know the outcome, or even maybe right now, there's just such a level of uncertainty that anything is ever going to turn around. And we need to be reminded that God in his grace is the author of change. Not just change in our own hearts, but he changes things all the time. He's working out all things according to the counsel of his will. I think what God is wanting us to consider in these first 14 verses is just that. 
Your story is being written by the author of the universe. Is he not good? Did he not make the heavens with the span of his hands? Did he not put the stars in the sky that he knows the number of the stars in the universe? Did he not make the planets and have them spin in a specific direction? Did he not create things of utter beauty that we look at and say, that has to be the fingerprints of God? Did he not bring creation into being with the words of his mouth and speak them into existence? He did, and he did, and he can do it in our lives. It's not just him bringing creation into being. He's saying, look, the power of God is at work in your life and mine. The power to, to plant the stars in the sky and make the heavens and make the planets is the same power that's accessible to us. And he's working in those ways. The power to bring about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to offer you salvation and call you his kid. There's no greater power to trust, and yet we forget it. It's so hard in those moments where circumstances seem to be louder than the truth of God and the work of his power and provision over our lives. And yet, David, in this verse, in these verses, just communicates, hey, I've, I've remembered you from my youth, that you knew me before I was in my mother's womb, that there was value and significance in my life, that you were doing things beyond what I could, I, I, need to, I need to know my story. I need to remind myself or have others remind me of the places where God has done amazing things, plucked me out of my own sin, freed me from my habits and moved me. He's, he's called me his kid. He loves me as he loved Christ. I'm in the beloved. What an amazing joy that leads in verse 14 to the very thing that it should always lead to praise <laughs> and what is praise certainly it's a it's an emotion it's a feeling it's a decision there's a there's an, a movement of joy towards thinking about the things of god but it's also some level of a public declaration of the goodness of god in our lives and i think that's where david moves us to in these next few verses let me start in verse 15, because he's going to move us to not just knowing our story, but there's, there's something more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, your deeds of salvation all the day. For the number is past my knowledge. With their mighty deeds of the Lord, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. And I love verse 18. So if you're maybe over the age of 40 or 50 or have some gray hairs coming up, like I want you to highlight this verse because I think so often we say, I've done my time, right? I've, I've, I've served the Lord faithfully. I just, I, I've, I've done the deeds that I've walked, and, and now it's time for someone else. I want verse 18 to be so embedded in your heart that you would say Christians never retire. They never retire from the ministry of Jesus Christ. That My calling is not complete until the Lord calls me home. Verse 18, for those who are seasoned among us. Look what it says. 
So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, did not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation and your power to all those who come. The heartbeat, David, in this text is to say, look, all I want is for the next generation to just know how amazing you are. And if in my dying breath I can proclaim the excellencies of Jesus Christ and tell the next generation, just trust him, then that's what I want to finish my life. God's not done with you until he calls you home. Praise the Lord. So If you have gray hairs, verse 18, man, that's for you. I'm going to apply it to your life right now. Verse 19. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. Verse 22 through 24, here's the result. I will praise you with the harp um, for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteousness, help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. Here's the message of that second section in Psalm 71. Not only are you just supposed to know your story, but share your story. What if the reality of what God was communicating through David and just the, the impetus of all of these things was that very thing that on the tips of our tongue, all day long, we would be looking and waiting for moments to tell one another and the world around us of the amazingness of who God is. That your story that's being written, the testimony that has not yet been completed, those things that God has done and is doing from the great amazing things to the really difficult moments, even David says, like the calamities that surrounded me. My heart wants to be one where it's postured towards praise. The story that God is writing is, is one in which we just anticipate that God, if he created the heavens and the earth and put the stars in the sky, that that means he can position the very people in your life that he is seeking to use your story to meet. The people at the coffee shop, the waiters and waitresses along the way, the person that cuts you off on the road. Whatever it is, there are individuals that, like there are billions of people on the face of the planet, and if God is sovereign, which I believe he is, if he's providential, which I think he is, then if he's working in every nook and cranny of the universe, which I think he is, then the very people that have come across your path are not there by accident. It's just not something that has happened arbitrarily. It's not some circumstance and situation of event of being like, oh, I can just dismiss the reality that this person right now standing in front of me has been created and fashioned by the God of the universe, and I want to tell them about how great God is because I want them to know if they don't how great he is, and if they do, I want them to be encouraged. Like, why would we not? every day of every moment, think and perceive and pray for opportunities to share his life-changing grace with others, with one another, with the world around us. Like, why would we not just want to be one-dimensional? Like, if you want to know about what's going on in my life, I've got tons of stories of things that I think are great. Well, I just want to tell you about Jesus. 
Like the things that he's done in my life and the opportunities that he's given me to share his life-changing grace, like there's nothing greater to invest in. And maybe there'll be moments where there's not opportunities to share, but the person that crossed your path, would you be willing to pray? And just ask, Lord, I don't know where they're at with you right now, but I would ask that you would be people around them or that you would just communicate to them even just personally about their value and your love for them and would they come to faith in Jesus Christ. That took a matter of 15 seconds to just ask that God would do a work in the lives of those who come across our path. This is not adding things more to your schedule. It's allowing your schedule and mine to be redeemed by the powerful love of Jesus Christ. You have been changed and you are being changed. Your story is worth telling every day, all day. The people that are in your life, tell of what God has done. Don't hold back because the story is about God, not about you. It's about how God has worked in you. It's about praising and uplifting and exalting the work of God. I am only where I am today because God is merciful. And obviously he has a sense of humor, right? Like there's no other reason why I would be doing what I'm doing save the majestic, powerful mercy of Jesus Christ. There was nothing in me that somehow warranted God doing what he did in my life. Nothing. It was all an act of his grace and all of an act of his mercy. And the same is true for you. So share that. Know your story. Tell your story. Because God is worthy to be praised and proclaimed with every breath we have left. Would you pray with me? Father, we need to be reminded, because we are a forgetful people. I'm a forgetful person. I allow the challenges that I find myself in to be louder than the goodness of who I know you are. So, Lord, help me to have the faith to be willing to be vulnerable, to be willing to say, I'm struggling with having faith in God right now, but I want to be reminded of his goodness. I want to, I want to know my story. I want to tell my story because ultimately my story is not about me. My story is about the amazing work of God in my life and how he's worthy to be trusted. God, even today, I ask for everyone here that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear those around us. And in some way, would you provide each and every single one of us an opportunity to share a part of our story about the goodness of who you are and would we encourage believers and communicate and plant seeds in unbelievers' lives and would you give us opportunities today in the matter of hours after this service, would you allow us to interact with people who need to know the life-transforming power of the gospel and would you give us the faith and courage to share the story of your work in our lives. For your goodness and your praise alone, God, would you give us hearts that see how amazing you are and what our lives proclaim and erupt in praise of your goodness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.